Welcome to Real Talk with Re for mums that want to go from surviving to thriving in motherhood in a neuro-spicy world. We'll be talking about how we can get more organized and minimize stress so that we can avoid burnout, have more quality time with our babies and breathing space in our lives. As a mum of children with autism, we'll be talking about the joys plus the challenges of parenting children on the spectrum. From first noticing the signs of autism through the diagnosis process to strategies to help you and your children stay happy, we're covering it all. As a 40-year-old woman recently diagnosed with ADHD, we'll also be talking about how all too often women and girls are going undiagnosed, why this is a problem, the misconceptions surrounding ADHD, the signs to look out for, and the simple things that we can put in place to make our lives easier. So whether you're a mum or a dad feeling disorganized and over overwhelmed in the fog of parenthood, wondering if you or someone you love may be somewhere on the spectrum or living in a neuro-spicy household, the Real Talk with Re podcast is the place for you. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast and thank you for joining me for another episode of Real Talk with Re. The summer holidays are fast approaching. For some of us quicker than others, I know I live in Wales and the children don't break up till the middle of July, which is almost a month away, around a month away. But I know if you live in Scotland or some parts of the States, then the summer holiday starts so much earlier. So I thought now is a good time as any to share my top tips to not just survive, but actually thrive during the school summer holidays. My first tip would be to think about what kind of routine you may want for your summer. Now you might want to totally throw a routine out of the window because you're sick of the routine imposed by school and that is totally okay. But this may not suit everyone. So perhaps if you still got small children or babies, toddlers that still nap, you're still gonna have to work around their routine. And I definitely did this when I had not just school aged children, but babies as well. And I very much structured our days around the baby's nap times and things and planned when we'd be going out, when we'd be staying in around those. Now my children are older, I don't have to be constricted by nap times and things like that anymore. I still like to use a certain level of routine through the summer, partly because my children have autism and respond quite well to routine, and partly because in years where I haven't done, it's not gone quite as well as I may have hoped. We tend to stick to eating at the same time, so that forms a natural rhythm to our days and our routines. And one thing I had found is that sticking to a bedtime routine, not necessarily the bedtime that we had for school, but an early ish bedtime routine for five days. They don't have to be Monday to Friday, but for five days out of the seven, and then later nights for just two of the nights, the same way we would on the weekends, makes it much easier to keep everyone kind of happier through the summer, and then also to readjust back to a normal school routine. Now, what works for our family routine may be different for yours, but think about which particular routine will work best for you. The next thing you wanna think about is which ground rules that you want to set for your family through the summer. Now this may sound a little boring, but I promise we're getting to the fun. Setting out the groundwork first will mean that we're gonna run into less problems later, trust me. What I would suggest is actually discuss with your children what you think the ground rules should be. I know they do this a lot in schools and by involving the children in deciding what the rules should be, 
they're far more likely to want to stick to them. Now, these don't have to be super strict or anything, but they can be just a little framework that you decide to work around. For small children, you can ask them what you think might be some good rules, and maybe you can suggest things like being kind to one another. Maybe things like sharing could be a good rule. And that way, perhaps when your children start squabbling, you can go back to, I thought the ground rules that we came up to with together and the ground rules that you came up with are going to be kind to one another. Is this being kind? Are we sharing? No. You could include some practical things, like we make our beds in the mornings before we go out for the day. And then for older children or teens, you could just agree a time you want them back in by every day, for example, to avoid having to have that same old conversation every day. Bedtime, for example, could be agreed in the ground rules, just to avoid having little disagreements each day. Have the discussion once and then you all know where you stand. One thing you're definitely going to want to do in order to win at summer is to stock up on snacks because for some reason, children, when they're at home in the school holidays, need a trillion snacks a day, at least. Far more than when they're in school. In order to avoid spending a bazillion pounds on snacks this summer, I'd suggest one of two methods. Either agree a set snack time. They do this in school and if our children can manage to get till a certain time in the morning without snacking in school, I'm pretty sure they can probably manage it at home. This obviously works quite well if you're eating at roughly the same times. Adding an agreed snack time into that routine can mean that you are obviously having to shell out fewer snacks. The other option is you can give your children an allocated amount of snacks per day. You can either give them each a little basket and put their snacks for the day into it and they can choose when they eat them if you think they have the restraint not to just all do that very first thing in the morning and then be full and then after that hungry for the rest of the day or if you want to actually use an exercise that's sort of slightly educational you can give them some coins and set up a little snack shop and they can choose what to spend and purchase their snacks. Lots of little exercise and addition and subtraction and using money and purchases and things like that as well as acting as a sort of a snack rationing thing just to avoid constant all day snacking. Make sure that your family are staying hydrated through the summer. This is important all year round but especially when it gets warmer. Now in order to stay hydrated may I suggest you have appropriate containers that you can carry around with you. While in the house, I like to use these cold cups with straws. They keep my drinks nice and cold. And even if I take this into a warm car and leave it there for most of the day in a cup holder, the liquid inside still stays nice and cold. Obviously, this is not ideal for slinging in a bag, but it is, it's pretty leak proof if you just tip it, but not obviously, you know, tip it upside down. For more on the go, I like to use these chili bottle type containers. We use these all the time, whether we're going on days out or trips in the house, anything like that. You can use the smaller size or the larger size bottle. But filling these up, especially on days out and making sure everyone is sipping and staying hydrated is absolutely essential. Stock up on craft supplies. These will help to keep your children busy when they are complaining that they are bored. So make sure you've got plenty of paper, pens that actually work. I like to have a pen caddy that we can put out and they can just do drawing and art and cutting and sticking with some scissors and some Pritt stick and some pens and paper. My children, well my girls especially actually, are happy for quite some time. So make sure that you've got these 
basic art supplies. Now, you do not need to be a Pinterest perfect mum to do this. This can just be stuff you give your children to kind of let their creativity run wild. This is coming from a very non-crafty and non-Pinteresty mum. But just because you are not crafty does not mean your children will not enjoy a little bit of drawing. Plus, this does help them to work on their fine motor skills, which will help their writing when they return to school. Think about using calendar blocking through the summer. Now, if you are working for someone else and you are given shifts of some description or your partner is given shifts, then calendar blocking is kind of naturally happening even if you don't lean into it. So I'm suggesting that you lean into it. Basically, put everything that you and your partner and your children have that you've got to do through the summer onto a calendar. I like to use digital calendars. Personally, we use Apple calendars, but Google calendars work exactly the same way. We have a different calendar for each family member. I have a different calendar for work, one for myself, and most importantly, perhaps, I have the family calendar that everyone can see. So on there goes everything that we all need to know about. So that would be when my husband is working so that I know that perhaps I can do some work when he is off and I can have the children when he is working. Things like extracurriculars that do continue through the summer, put those on your family calendar. And then when you're booking trips, days out, holidays, things like that, get all those on the calendar too. Put on the calendar when you have childcare, when you don't have childcare. And that way you'll be able to see the gaps, the gaps where you perhaps look for extra childcare or the gaps where you will need to do something to entertain your children, the gaps where you can fit in play dates and all those other things. By popping all of this stuff that you've got that you have to do for the summer onto the calendar, then you can find the gaps for the things that you want to do. Make sure you've stocked up on the right kind of sun cream for the summer. Personally, I like to use two types of sun cream in particular through the summer. In the mornings, I like to put the eight hour sun cream on my children. My favorite one is the Sultan Protect and Swim because that gives up to eight hours sun protection in the sun and up to three hours in the water. So if they're in and out of the paddling pool, they've still got three hours of cover. If we're then in the house, I would top up with that one again after the eight or the three hours. Or I like to use a roll-on, either a sun cream or a stick, which I like to keep in the bags for topping up when we're out and about and it's hot and they need a bit of extra cover. Make sure you test out new sun creams on your children before you go away or go on big trips or anything like that to make sure they work for you, you like them and that no one is allergic to any of the ingredients. Think about using a visual timetable for your children. This will work out especially well if your children have autism or just really respond well to routine and like to know what's happening when. Or if you just like your children to know what's happening when, rather than nag you, what are we doing now, what are we doing now, what are we doing now, all the time. So a visual timetable can include pictures if your children can't read yet, or if they can read, can be a written out timetable. If they have access to a device, of course, you could just share the family calendar with your children so they can also see what is happening when. I know my children really like to look at our family calendars to see what we've got coming up that they can get excited for. Think about whether incentive charts would work for your children. Now this doesn't work for every child, just as every tip that I give actually. Every tip that I give, just take it as will work for some people and won't work for others. It's all like a bit of a buffet. Take what you will and leave the rest. Anyway, some children will respond really, really well to incentive charts. So if you want your children, for example, to make their bed every day, then maybe give them a chart and they get a star for every time they make their bed. Certainly if it's something they're struggling to remember to do and you find yourself having to 
remind or nag them a lot. Then an incentive chart can be a really good way to keep them self-motivated, especially if they know what the incentive is going to be at the end. Maybe it's a special day out or a picnic or a family movie night, whatever it might be. Incentive charts work especially well if you get your children involved in picking the incentive. The more keen they are on the incentive, the more likely they are to do the things to get the stars on the chart. Pack an essentials bag that you are ready to go with at any time. If you've got a small baby that's still in nappies, you've probably got a changing bag that you've always got with you. And I've always said it's best to have those packed as soon as you get home so that they're always ready to go at a moment's notice. It's kind of the same thing for a summer grab and go bag. If you've got a bag that you can leave either by your front door or in the boot of your car, full of sun creams, snacks, things like that. So if you want to go on a last minute day out, you know you've got everything there, maybe changes of clothes for children who are just at that stage where they may still be having accidents, picnic blankets. Think of the things that you are likely to need out and about with your children. Include them all in a day out bag and leave that bag packed so you're ready for fun whenever it's time. Try and fit some sort of movement into every day. Now I totally understand that fitting in formal exercise when you've got your children home for six weeks can be challenging, but it doesn't mean you can't fit in a bit of semi-structured exercise or found fitness. So this could just be walking, it could be having dance parties with your children, it could be doing things like kid-friendly yoga that they can get involved in, something like a Just Dance game, which you can get on a games console or an Apple TV. Anything that can get you and your children moving your bodies through the summer is definitely gonna be a winner. I personally find that when my children are in school, I naturally walk quite a lot because I'm walking back and forth to do the school run. Whereas I don't necessarily make an active effort to fit in a bit more movement through the summer holidays that I can end up feeling just a bit flat and lethargic. Fitting in a little bit of found fitness definitely lifts everybody's mood. Think about setting your children a summer challenge. This could be a reading challenge or a challenge to keep their bedrooms tidy. It could be a how many steps can we do as a family challenge. Anything that can keep your children engaged and focused and interested in positive habits can make it for a good challenge. Much like with the incentive chart, incorporate this challenge with an incentive at the end if they reach a certain goal and they're gonna be far more likely to want to stick to that goal if they're involved in picking the prize at the end of it. Other children, of course, will just be happy with winning. My children, for example, wear step counters and are quite competitive with who has done the most steps each day. Something that's really important to do if you really want to have a really fun summer with your children is to ditch the mum guilt right now. Mum guilt can creep in in all sorts of places and there's lots of opportunities for mum guilt in the summer. We can have guilt when we have to work, guilt we're not doing enough with our children, we're not making it magical enough, we're not taking them to expensive enough places, we're not going away. Now, I'm here to tell you that you do not have to take your children abroad or spend loads and loads of money for them to have a lovely summer. We're not actually going away this summer and I fully intend to have a really lovely time with my children. Am I going to have moments where I feel guilty because I'm not doing loads with them because I'm trying to work and like harp keep an eye on them and fit things in? Probably. But I'm going to try and do my best to know that I'm doing my best and that we're having some days where we're doing nice things together and other days where they're having to sort of entertain themselves around me while I half keep an eye on them and attempt to do some work. 
The truth of the matter is your children very rarely worry about the things that you feel guilty about. So let's make a pact right here, right now to stop with the mum guilt and stop beating ourselves up this summer. Well, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, I would love it if you would scroll down, leave me a little review. You could just tap the stars. I don't think you've even got a login or anything to do that. I would obviously recommend five stars. If you could click five stars out of five stars, that'd be super helpful. And if you've got another few minutes, if you could just write a sentence or two as a review, it's a really great way to support and subscribe, obviously, to the podcast so that I can show up next week in your ear holes once again. So that's it from me and I shall speak to you all next week. Bye.